Hello again, uh, friends. This is uh, Pastor David G. Grogan, Sr. I'm the senior pastor at Sojourner Life Ministries, and this is the voice of Phineas's Javelin. Uh, today, um, Daisy and myself are back for episode number three of, of Seeking um, Order Out of Chaos. Uh, Daisy, say hi to our listeners. Hi, how are y'all doing? All right, so we we're gonna go ahead and pick up Daisy where we kind of where we left off on last uh, episode number two. Um, what I want to do today, though, I want to start this uh, this episode, and I'm gonna be using this particular verse from now on as Daisy and I, as we go through um, seeking order out of chaos, um, is a continual. You know, we're we're dealing with the news, the things that that are that are happening in the news because we're living in a really strange time now um, with the um, COVID-19 virus that's hitting the globe uh, like a like a fullback and then also with the um, racial tensions that are taking place in the globe um, but mainly you know we focus here on the United States of America and we will have some international stories um, because it's it's racial tension, but it's racial tension also that has uh, has a, can have a contrary effect on the church also. Um, so we want to make sure that we deal with what's going on here in, in our country, Daisy and I, and we're gonna hope that you spend the time with us, and you know as we go through these stories, that you'll um, if you don't uh, if you don't know what's going on right now. That you will, after these episodes, you'll understand even more clear what's taking place in our society. Because these are things that we don't, that you just don't want to um, overlook. You know, we don't want to rush into um, situations, my friends, without first uh, getting the facts. You know, one thing I love about doing this with my, with my wife, Daisy, because um, she's a real uh, meticulous about getting information and as a matter of fact there was one article that uh, that we were that we were um, I, I was gonna do and when when you when we looked further into that particular situation we found that it it wasn't all that it um, seemed to be but as, a, as I said uh, uh, Daisy that she's the one that um that um found this up uh, do you need a yeah Daisy I can put that in over here so what we're gonna do? We're gonna go ahead. We're gonna go ahead and pick up where we left off. The scripture that I want to start this uh, our programming off with, though, today is gonna to come out of the book of Acts, A C T S, Acts, the seventeenth chapter, verse number twenty-six. Um, and the the, the the scripture reads, and 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 hath made. And this is Paul the uh, this is the Luke the um, the writer of Acts rather um, is stating that God. Okay, hath made of all have made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth, and have determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. And if you study that particular verse and understand what it's saying, is that it's saying that uh, you, me, Daisy, and every soul on the face of this earth that are living right now and who have gone on home uh, either to be with the Lord or who are perishing in hell right now and those that will come if, before Jesus Christ comes back we are all come from the same blood we all started from Adam and Eve whether you believe that or not that's strictly 
um, between you and what you or who you believe in. I happen to believe the Word of God, the, uh, the, the Holy Scriptures, the 66 books of the Bible, and every word from Genesis to the very end of Revelation, I believe what the Word of God says. And I do believe that we are all from one blood. And as a matter of fact, if you line up uh, uh, a white, a black, a Hispanic, a Oriental, you know, if you if you line them all up, if you if you slice them down the middle and lay their skin open, we're all going to look the exact same on the inside. And that cannot be, you cannot argue with that. We're all going to look the exact same on the inside. We all have, we all have blood, we all have bones, we all muscle, we all have fat, everything. We're all going to look the same on the inside. So that cannot be argued that we all come from the very same two people. Um, if we were that much different to where people would like to believe that we were, then we wouldn't be we wouldn't be the same on the inside. The only thing that's difference between us is is of course is is uh is our is our life as individuals. Each person on the face of this earth, seven point something billion people that live right now on the face of this earth, we are all individuals. There's nobody like you. There's nobody like me. You know, um, we all have a purpose. There's not one child. Uh, born that does not have purpose because God uh, is the keeper and the giver of, of souls. All souls belong to God, and He takes souls and He allows us, you know, uh, uh, us as we are as we are men and women, the two sexes that come together, and, and babies are born from a male and a female. That those children are born with a purpose. Even in some of the worst circumstances, because of the fall of humanity, because of the fall of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, and when they got put out because of their rebellion against God, and from that time the shift came, and now we are living in a we're born, our children are born into a fallen world. Because so, so it could be a number of things, a number of reasons, a number of um, unfortunate situations and or fortunate situations that our children are born into. But no matter what happens and how they're born, they all have a purpose. And so, you know, um, as we go into seeking order out of chaos, God uh, created all things in order. Um, in the Genesis, the first chapter, first and second chapter, you know, all things were put in order by God. And he has the ability to put things back in order and that which he is going to do. And he has um, given us the ability to live orderly lives through the blood of the cross, through Christ Jesus. And now as we go on, as we watch society go through its ups and downs, it's, it's, it's heaving. The, the society, the earth quakes because of sin. The earth um, is, is, uh, is in such a bad condition because of sin. Humanity, people as individuals can be uh, destroyed uh, because of sin or they can be delivered from that sin and live and then have life eternal in God's kingdom but only one way and that's through the blood of Jesus Christ so as we go into these um, these um, episodes this being episode 3 once again seeking uh, seeking order out of chaos we want you to understand that before you allow anybody to tell you how to live your life that you investigate listen to the news read and determine for yourself we're not you it's it's right for you to get involved in something that could be detrimental to yourself to your family to your communities and to this nation 
because sometimes and oftentimes we are so quick to get involved in things that are not good for us and then we do that and the next thing you know we we're wondering why did we get involved in that so what I'd like to do first also Daisy I'd like to go ahead and give um, respect to the passing of John Lewis uh, he passed at 80 years old great civil rights uh, leader he's been um, spoken about of course um, on the news um, still he's a, a great civil rights leader and we want to give respect to him uh, for uh, in, in his passing uh, we're praying for his family of course and you know even as even as civil rights leaders we might not always agree with each other in 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 uh, the things that we uh, we believe but we believe that this is a nation that allows us to have a personal opinion so we still give honor to uh, John Lewis because he came he came up in a time that many of you that are marching out there don't have a clue of Hawaii how he came up what he had to go through to to get you to where you are today and then also to um, uh, gentlemen I'm gonna have uh, Daisy um, give a little information about this about this gentleman um, that probably you and me are not vastly familiar with he um, passed away also uh, the Reverend C.T. Vivian, he was a key civil rights leader, and he has died at 95 years old. And, and um, so, you know, we just want to uh, ask Daisy if she'll give us a little information about about um, Mr. Vivian. Um, and once again, he, he passed away at 95 years old. Um, this was, uh, published date was 7-17-2020. Daisy, you have some information on him. Yes, it's an article on CBN, Christian Broadcast Network from Atlanta, AP. The Reverend C.T. Vivian, a civil rights veteran who worked alongside the Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. and later led the Southern Christian Leadership Conference, has died. Vivian died at home in Atlanta of natural causes Friday morning. His friend and business partner, Don Rivers, confirmed to the Associated Press Vivian was 95. His civil rights work stretched back more than six decades to his first sit-in and demonstrations in the 1940s in Peoria, Illinois. He met King soon after the budding civil rights leaders' victory in the 1955 Montgomery bus boycott. Vivian helped organize the Freedom Rise to integrate buses across the South and train waves of activists in nonviolent protest. It was Vivian's bold challenge of a segregationist sheriff while trying to register black voters in Selma, Alabama, that sparked hundreds, ten thousands to march across the Edmund Pettus Bridge. Mm -hmm. Quote, he has always been one of the people who has the most insight, wisdom, integrity, and dedication, said Andrew Young, who also worked alongside King. President Obama honored Vivian the with the Presidential Medal of Freedom in 2013. The Reverend had continued to advocate for justice and equality in recent years, speaking with students in Tennessee 50 years after the Voting Rights Act was signed into law. He explained this, that civil rights movement was effective because activists used strategies to make sure that their messages were amplified. Quote, that is what made the movement. Our voice was really heard, but it didn't happen by accident. We made certain it was heard. Cordy Tyndall Vivian was born July the 28, 1924, 
in Howard County, Missouri, but moved to Macomb, Illinois, with his mother when he was still a young boy. Amen. So that is a um, Vivian uh, Cordy Cordy Tin, Tindall Vivian, um, ninety-five years old, passed away, and we want to um, also um, honor him and uh, as a as a great black leader. And and I'm telling you something, my friend. You know, when we do these, you know, uh, people are dying every day. You know, many um, great leaders, you know, people pass away every day. And, and, and in the midst of them, you know, that we, we dare not forget their, um, their uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, the things that they did, the, uh, their, uh, uh, you know, the things that they added into society, you know, they, mm -hmm. they, they, they put things, they, they put their life into society. You know, I want to do take the, the works that they did, you know, um, and the, how their works would go before them. And these people, once again, are people that um, were, were um, they were, they were shaped uh, by the, that, by, that, by their purpose that they were given by God. They did the things that they felt as though were necessary to do to make sure that once again, for, uh, for blacks, um, that their, their uh, equal rights were realized. And, you know, with that said, you know, and with them honored, I do want to kind of go forward um, back into the uh, episode, what we're talking about today. You know, last last episode two, we started out with, with uh, this uh, gentleman, Sean King, uh, who felt as though he felt there was a need to tear down all of the statues and the stained glass uh, murals and paintings of what he said looked to be uh, a European Jesus. He said that they were symbols of um, um, white supremacy. supremacy. Amen. Thank you. They, they were symbols of white supremacy. And so we, we, you know, when you listen to that, that he said, and you, you, there's nowhere you can, he cannot be compared. He would like to think that he could be, but he is cannot be compared with the great civil rights um, um, movers and shakers of the past. Uh, he's a man that wants to, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on him today because he's just not that important, but he's a man that wants to, and I say he's not important. I mean, you know, we would want for him to be saved as a pastor, as a Christian. You know, I pray that, if, you know, if, if he's saved, but he's backslidden because of his thought process, that he will repent and and come back to the Lord, but if he's not saved, that he will receive Jesus the Christ as his Lord and Savior. And I do believe if he did that, if he does that, his heart would be changed. Um, but so he he believed that what he's what he's doing is, is right. But you know, if he is saved, well, he will know what the Scripture says, John four and twenty four, uh, that God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And I might be, it might I might be. I want to make let me let me go to my Bible. I got it right here in front of me. I want to make sure that I'm giving you. The right scripture, because uh, uh, I told you John four and twenty four. I want to make sure it's not um, John tw uh, uh, twenty four and four. Uh, let's see, because yeah, uh, I've been known to be wrong. Don't get me wrong. I, you know, I'm not. I'm not a perfect man. So, so it's John. It's John. Uh, here, let me see here. Hmm. Got to go back and forth over here. Hmm. Yeah, John and four and twenty four. I was correct. John four and twenty four. For God is a spirit, they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And if you know that, and you understand that, then you'll know that, that you know, statues and murals and stained glasses and paintings and all those things, they don't depict who God really is. Um, 
Jesus the Christ is alive and well. I mean, he's alive and well. You know, we don't see him, but he's alive and well. You know, he's the intercessor. The Holy Spirit is alive and well. He's, you don't see him, but he's, he, if you are saved and he's, ta he's trying to talk to you from the inside out, and he'll let you know exactly what you should be doing as a Christian. And then so you won't get involved in things that are just uh, um, uh, out of line for you as a Christian to be involved in. But you have to pay attention to the, to the triune God, and you have to know them for who they are. Uh, um, you know, I was going through some of the terms that you hear a lot. Daisy and I were going through some of the terms that you hear a lot. And just even today, before we came on this broadcast, you broadcast this, they, this one particular uh, term was mentioned, I think, two or three times when I heard it. Uh, systematic racism, you know, and um, systematic racism, you know. So what is systematic racism? This is racism that many people are saying is based on the system that this system in the United States of America was created by white men and because it was created by white men it doesn't it doesn't hold well or 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 suit well for for blacks or Hispanics for that matter I would even venture to say um, any Asians any non-white there you go Daisy any non-white it just doesn't bode well because um, because it's a system that's been that was set up by old white men. They, say, you know, when you you look at the uh, the uh, Declaration of Independence and 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 and, and the um, and everything the, uh, the, the uh, all the forefathers with the forefathers did. They're saying that this was system was set up by them, and because it was set up by them, then therefore that it is a system of racism. It was a system that was set up for racism. It was a system that was set up to make sure that it, it kept held kept everybody else down except for the old white men. And so this term systematic racism is being thrown around and many of the young people out there that are marching once again, they haven't got a clue um, what systematic racism really is and they probably couldn't tell you about their founding fathers and, um, and this system that they say is racist. Uh, but they only go by what what it what they hear because it sounds it sounds good. I mean, it sounds like something they ought to march for. It sounds like um, it's just another movement. There you go. You know, and and that that's the greatest concern. People, we're still marching since uh, Mr. Floyd's death, mm -hmm. and people are still protesting. Yet we still have this virus that's going on, the quarantine, and it's not business as usual. Sure. Um, and, but we're still angry, we're still upset. And the question I would have for anyone that's still marching, is still spewing this hate, defund the police, so on and so forth, is um, how is your neighborhood doing with the police going through it or have they stopped going through it because what we found in researching and going through the news is that the people that they thought would want it black people mm -hmm. when they ask them they don't want it yeah. and we're not talking about the people marching they're going into neighborhoods and act asking people about it and people are saying no, no. they're they are literally protesting also go ahead no because you have to have a policing force and and we're trying to get people to understand something. It's easy to say, get rid of this, get rid of that. But you have to have something to replace it with. Exactly. And it can't just be a thought process. It can't just be this little interim thing. No, there has to be a system to 
replace a system or you have chaos still Mm -hmm. because there's no accountability there's no way of knowing what's going to take place next you know even though we dislike some things that happen in life you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. go ahead you have to take the time to do things and so often the people that are the loudest so often they're the ones that haven't taken the time they just got swept up in the sea of complaining yeah. the sea of turmoil the sea of regret yeah. if if you know how hard it is to build something yeah. and then to establish it you'd be much slower yeah. about destroying, destroying something thing. exactly because there's a very big difference between destroying and building creating mm-hmm. and demolishing yeah they're two very different things and we've got to get back to a point to where we think things out because when you do things you're irrational you're not going to get the results you want that's right you, there comes a point in time you have to talk about things when you have to sit down and you have to be able to listen to both sides and so it's people are going to be bothered by things uh, as long as there's corruption because you said it past we live in a fallen world yeah but let's step back a moment and as Christians what's what would Jesus do mm-hmm. and we're not talking about that old WW yeah a little wristband right, these, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. WWJD we're talking about really what would Jesus do there's nothing wrong with protesting it's the way you do it that makes a difference mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with saying that an established system is not good. It's the way in which you do it that makes the difference. Exactly. And, and I'm going to say this and give it back to you, Pastor. No, go right ahead. Take During your time. During the time of civil rights and unrest, there were two factions that were fighting for black people in the black community. That was the Muslims, the black Muslims, and that was the civil rights movement under Dr. King. When we look at the civil rights movement, and the things that took place. I don't see um, the black Muslim leader going to Washington to sign any legislation or to petition for the rights, doing any of the marches, Uh any of those things. But I do see uh, Reverend King being the one called upon to be a voice, Mm -hmm. to be a help, to go and talk about those things to put it at the forefront and that's why you know we have so many monuments and things towards him uh schools named after him streets go ahead even a mm-hmm. holiday the petition of that thing but he found the justification in what he did by adhering to something that doesn't make sense go ahead. but at the same time his adherence to something that says peace maintain a cool head do what needs to be done don't be like your enemy ultimately is what it says yeah don't take up and fight like the enemy fight on the side of truth that's right and i know it's a hard thing to do pastor Mm -hmm. it's hard to believe that you will be vindicated Mm -hmm. it's hard to believe that the invisible god can protect you when you see people dying it's hard to get through a day when you see all of these deaths in Chicago week after week, all of these things going on, but that's what 
faith is about. That's what Christianity is about. Yeah. And one thing that's for certain, as Christians, we can't go out and force people to believe the truth. Hmm. Christ didn't do it, so neither can we. That's right. But somebody has to embody the truth. Somebody has to live the truth. And more importantly, somebody has to speak the speak truth. Speak the truth. Mm -hmm. They have to speak the truth. Yeah. And then, and then Daisy, you know what? Another thing is that people, we need to be able to, um, as they say, um, um, get it where the rubber meets the road. Because, you know, with all this that's taken place, um, this systematic racism that's spoken about, and then one of the other... One of the other mantras I call them, and one of the things that's being spoken of a lot is that, you know, we need change. We don't need it tomorrow. We need it today. You need it now. And then also, we will rise. These are, these are some of the mantras, y'all, that if you, if, you, if you are honest about them, that you have heard them said, but then when you look at how they're trying to come about these changes, just as, as uh, Daisy was saying, they're coming about these changes the wrong way. Because what happens is so down the line, we have to deal with our own guilt, and especially today. Yeah, things have happened in the past, and they were terrible things that happened in the past. There's no doubt about that. George Floyd's, uh, um, that was a murder. And there have been other murders that have taken place all the way down through slavery and the civil rights, the strange fruit. You know, um, blacks hanging from trees and being lynched and burned and tarred and feathered. Oh my goodness, some terrible things that have taken place, have taken place in society. You know, um, when you read uh, about a lot of the stuff that took place, even in Africa, um, I would venture to say that Africa was really the first black-on-black -black crime. Because when you had blacks... Um, it, tribal, tribal, that's right, tribal slavery, it was a real thing, you know, and, and, and so it doesn't matter whether it's black on black, Asian on Asian, white on white, black on white, you know, slavery and, and, and um, murder and these type of things, these systems, they're not good for anybody. They're not good for anybody. And, and I, I, I would challenge anybody to say that it's been worse strictly for black people around the globe over the centuries than it has been for anybody else. You know, if, you, if you're not familiar with Fox's Book of Martyrs, the Fox's Book of Martyrs, it speaks of the, of, the, of the people that were martyred for Christ's sake. It speaks of how they, you know, uh, how they were pulled apart, how they were destroyed, ripped apart, uh, axed, burned on, burned on, on trees and, and stakes, for their belief on Jesus Christ. There's been some terrible things that have happened around this globe down through the centuries to all manner of people, whether it was based on their race or whether it was based on their religious views, their political views, you know, this stuff has been going on for a long time. And it's, it's unfortunate. And I don't want anybody to ever think that Daisy and myself don't understand because we are both black. And I, I you know, I just have to, it's a shame that I have to say that, that to remind the listener that, that I'm a 60 year old black man. But just like the way they, the way they've done, um, uh, the gentleman that we're going to talk about a little, a, a little, a little, little bit, how he, he made a statement against, um, against, um, what's it, Terry, um, um, but the gentleman, um, we have him here, uh, he made a statement, uh, Cruz, uh, Terry Crews, he made a statement, um, and then because he did, because he's a black man, of course, he was, he was, um, he was, um, he was um, taking a task for it, 
You know? And, and it's the same. Yeah, Terry Crews, he faces a backlash. He faced a backlash because of what he said. You know, and if you're a black man and you speak, you try to, you speak reason. And for those that hear this might say, well, that's not reason. He didn't have the right to say that. That's not true. He spoke his, his, read the reason. And he had a, he had the right to speak it without being attacked because of the fact that he said what he believes, what he sees. I was just listening to, you know, um, I, I, we were listening, Daisy and I were just listening to, uh, to um, Harry, uh, Harry, Harris Faulkner's uh, the the fight for America. It actually aired on it actually aired on the nineteenth of July, twenty twenty, um, and it's the uh, the the fight for America. And he spoke of things of uh, issues of Black Lives Matter, you know, um, on the uh, courts. A slogan: Black Lives. He, she, they spoke one of the, a couple of things that they spoke about rather was the the fact that Black Lives Matters is going to be you know um, on the court. Um, how they're going to put allow them to put Black Lives Matters on the basketball court? They're going to be uh, they're they're going to allow the um, they're going to allow the um, players to have slogans on their jerseys. The thing that they that they believe to be the most important thing to them when it comes down to this whole time that we're in, um, and even to the point to where they're going to allow the Black national anthem to be sung before the American um, national anthem. And I'm telling you something. And Herschel Walker was trying to get his point across, but because of the time that um, they, the restraints, he wasn't able to totally get his word out. Mark Q was there. Mark Cuban was there, and um, Harris Parker had had uh, Sean Hannity was on there. And if you will take the time to listen to these people with an open ear, you will. You have to. You have to admit that what they're saying is true. We cannot afford y'all to be in a society where we just do things. You know, off the cuff. I think I mentioned it in the last, maybe the last um, episode is that if you are shooting a gun and I, you know, I talked to my dad and my dad, once again, he's a, he's a, as I said before, he's a, he's a hero of mine. And I, I spoke to him about shooting. He was a weapons competition rifle shooter when he was uh, younger, you know, um, and I believe it happened when he was in um, um, uh, one of those one of these, one of the uh, areas where the not, where the military had their have soldiers were there, and he did he did some competition shooting, and um, he was saying about the aim and how important it is to take an aim because you're shooting for distance. You're not shooting real close. It's easier to uh, pull a gun out and shoot somebody or shoot something that's within ten feet, maybe twelve feet of you, without really aiming. But when it comes down to the long distances, you have to really put your Put, you have to really put yourself into that shot to make sure that you you aim properly, you breathe properly, you pull the trigger properly, you know where your target's at. And so it, 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 there's a big difference between doing that and just shooting from the hip. We're in a time right now where people, uh, because of this whole, the whole racial component, they're actually shooting from the hip. These slogans and things that they're saying. Um, you know, once again, Harris Faulkner's, um, uh, if, if you get an opportunity to watch it, just Google it, the, 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 the Fight for America. It aired on July the 19th, 2020, and Harris Faulkner um, with Fox News, it was her, she, she did the interviews with these different people. Um, back to some of these terms, though, uh, okay, systematic racism, we need, we need change, not tomorrow, but we need it now. Okay, and, yeah, we need change now. But what type of change are you talking about? You know, what are you willing to do to get the proper change? Okay, and then uh, we will rise. Well, I don't know about 
those of you out there, but if you are in the body of Christ, if you are a Christian, and I don't care what color you are, if you say that we will rise, you have to understand that we have risen already. That because Christ rose, we have risen already. And who the sun sets free is free indeed. And, and, and I granted that some of these things that I'm saying, they might not mean anything to a lot of people that are not saved or, or maybe they're saved and they're living a, a superficial Christian walk. But, you know, these, these statements, these things, these mantras that people are saying, um, you know, they're, 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 uh, they're, they can be very futile if they're not backed up with practice. But that's the whole thing, Pastor. You have to stay focused because all these voices, all these voices, but there is a voice of reasoning. Yeah. And he does not change. That's right. It's the word of God. There, there's nothing new under the sun. That's right. And we have to stay focused, stay grounded, stand for righteousness' sake. And continue to direct people back to the Word of God. Yeah. The Word of God. Because what people forget in the spiritual warfare that we're in, the enemy is always trying to divide and conquer. Yes, he is. He wants infighting because he can't destroy the church. So he wants the infighting to take place so that we will devour one another. Yeah. And, and the Lord's not going to have it. He's not going to have it. But more importantly, Christians can't afford to get caught up in nonsensical. Yeah disagreements and a nonsensical disagreement is you standing with somebody and going toe to toe and, and they feel as though they're just as right as you feel you are go ahead uh-huh and you don't you miss the opportunity to connect with them yes yes and 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 so that's what we need to do is there's got to be order okay so there's got to be order and 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 I, I want to bring up this uh, this because this other mantra and it uh, this one here I, I it, it doesn't necessarily fit in the same group as the first three but it's something that they're saying because of this covid 19 okay now if you listen to what it's saying based on the covid 19 but if you listen to what it's saying then there should be a lot more unity when it comes down to the nation not just because of the covid 19. But because of the fact that if we are really, as it as it were, as it said, we are all in this together. We're all in this together. That's something that you hear. Oh, we're we're all in. The, they make commercials about it. We're all in this together. Everybody is together. We're all fighting the same battle. We're all fighting the same same thing. Well, so what it looks like to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, Daisy, then we have two battles going on. We have a we have one battle going on against COVID nineteen, and we're all in it. And we're all in it together. And then we have another battle going on against racism, and we're all in that together. Also, I mean, we're you know, so you have these. We have we take we we have all these different warfares that are taking place in society, and the one the one uh, of course you know COVID nineteen is unfortunate. This is once again because of the fall. You know, before the fall, there was no death and there was no sickness. And so, for those of you that believe on in God. And believe that he created a perfect place. And until after the fall, or before the fall, there was no death and there was no sickness. Everything was perfect. But then after the fall, after Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden, then the fall came. And because of that fall came death and came sickness. Uh, the need to labor, painful childbirth for women. The scripture speaks of it. But not only those things, but you know, look what came with it. The hatred. Um, Satan, he was cast out, his pride, um, 
goes before destruction. The Word of God says that pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. And for those that don't believe in God and don't believe in Jesus Christ as the Savior, they're going. You're going on your own merits, your own, you know, um, wisdoms and your own uh, beliefs. You know, uh, that's prideful. And you're seeing. We're seeing from Adam and Eve up to this very day. We're seeing the 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 um, um, recourse. Is that the word? Uh, um, we're seeing what has what has happened because of that fall. So the sickness, the results. There you go. The results. So 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 the uh, uh, so the uh, so the racism is a result of the fall, and the only way to get it back, because man has proven that he cannot do it without Christ. I don't care how hard you try, how hard he, humanity tries. Without Jesus the Christ, the Savior of humanity, in our hearts, there's no way that you we can get that unity back. So, so, so racism and hatred, uh, um, um, murder and lying and deceit, uh, hypocrisy, all the things that the scripture speaks of that, that they go against the essence of God. These are the things that we're looking at happening in society today. These are the things that are happening. And so it's, it's, it's not because of, it's not because of the white man or the black man or the oriental or the Hispanic or this that it's because of the heart Daisy we've been saying this we say this all the time and we will continue to say it it's the heart it's the heart there's a scripture in Jeremiah the 17th chapter verses number 9 and verses number 10 and the scripture says that the that the the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked and then it goes to ask a question who 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 knows this who could know this heart and then the word it goes on to say, I the Lord know the heart, and I try the reins of the heart, and I repay every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. So it's it's a heart issue. Daisy, it's a heart issue. If if you know people they're so quick to deny and to um to uh push the Christian aside, because all of this, a lot of this is that's exactly where it's leading to. It's it's leading to the 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 shutting down. Of, of righteousness is leading to the shutting down of, of, of the gospel of peace getting out there. This Sean King will say that there's no such thing as the gospel of peace. If he says that Jesus Christ is, is, a, is a white supremacist, then he doesn't know that there is a true Jesus, the, the Jew that died on the cross and died for his sins and rose. That is that Christ. It's that Christ that, that gives us the ability to... Um, get away from all the hatred and all, and all of the racism so it just it just keeps on going on yes. it just keeps on going it just it, it festers y'all listen to me it festers and it festers it goes on and goes on and we, people are trying to do everything they can they come up with these slogans like I said, they come with they company slogans. They use them for excuses. Systematic racism. You know, we need change, not tomorrow, but we need it now, and and we will rise. And they come up with all these slogans, and as they keep on trying to get make something happen, the 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 the, the globe, uh, this country, is getting more and more frustrated because you they are not going to the source. Jesus Christ is the source to bring an end to all of this that's going on. You know, I want to bring up, um, this is an article, Daisy, um, that article that, uh, you know, we're talking about uh, about what needs to be done 
and even after uh, George Floyd has gone gone on uh, his destination, um, you know, and he's been buried, and you know the police officers are in, in are are in jail, going to go to trial for the charges that they've been brought up on, and but yet now we're still in this intense aftermath, spiritual aftermath of what's going on. And and so what I want to first I want to bring up first this first um, thing is this article out of the Epoch News is the um, is the uh, uh, the the death that's taking place in um, in Chicago. You know this is something that you know it, and as this is taking place on a regular basis they will the media is overlooking it because they, they can't say that they they aren't because if the media was not overlooking what's happening in Chicago then every waking day every waking morning every day that we walk you would hear about the terrible things that are happening in Chicago um, Daisy's gonna read a portion of this um, the one I uh, sixteen dead, sixty four injured, or or go, go read 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 that that you have here. And listen to this, y'all, because you need to understand how how deadly, how dangerous this time is. And we say that we shall rise, and 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 we need change. We need it not. Uh, we need it to uh, uh, now, not tomorrow. We say all these things, and they sound. We march and we chant and we do all these things. But listen to what's happening in Chicago. This is from July the fifth. 2020. 16 dead, 63 injured over 4th of July weekend in Chicago. At least 79 people were shot, including 16 fatally, over the Independence Day weekend in Chicago, according to authorities. Authorities confirmed the death toll to NBC5 on Sunday afternoon. A seven-year-old girl was among those who were gunned down on Saturday night. Nine of the weekend's victims were minors and two children died. That includes 14-year-old boy who was among four people who were killed in the Southside neighborhood, Inglewood, on Saturday evening. The victims were at a large gathering on the street at around 11.53 p.m. on South Carpenter Street. Four males then approached the group and began shooting, police said, mm. adding that the 14-year-old boy was shot in the back before he was taken to Comer Children's Hospital, where he was later pronounced dead. The three other males who were not identified were pronounced dead at the scene and at the University of Chicago Medical Center, police said. In the same incident, an 11-year-old boy suffered a bullet graze wound and a 15-year-old boy was shot in the abdomen. They were taken to the Comer Hospital and both are currently in fair condition, authorities said. Officials said a 7-year-old girl was shot in the head while standing on the sidewalk at her grandmother's house during a 4th of July celebration at 7 p.m. in Austin on the west side. Tonight, a seven-year-old girl in Austin joined a list of teenagers and children whose hopes and dreams were ended by the bar barrel of a gun, <coughs> Mayor Lori Lightfoot wrote on Twitter on Saturday. As a city, we must wrap our arms around our youth so they understand there's a future for them that right. isn't wrapped up in gun violence. In the incident, according to police, suspects emerged from a vehicle and started shooting. No suspects have been apprehended. Chicago Police Chief of Operations Fred Waller told NBC5 
that the violence against children needs to end. That's right. You've got to be tired of this, he said. Come Chicago's on. heart is broken again. Mm. Austin's heart is broken again. I'm a tired of I'm this. I'm tired of this. Yes, indeed. Meanwhile, in a later incident at around 2.15 a.m. on Sunday in the South Side, a 21-year-old man was shot to death while standing on the sidewalk. An hour before that, a woman was shot and five men were injured when a person opened fire at a crowd setting off fireworks in the West Side's Lawndale neighborhood. Now, it goes on and on. It goes on. Now, this is the question that I have to ask. Now, while all this death is taking place in Chicago, and this is not just happening, happening in Chicago. This is happening probably to other areas, you know, uh, 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 around the country, and you're not hearing about it. It's happening. I know it's happening in barrios. I know you. There's there's areas where Hispanics are being gunned down and killed. I know it's happening in L.A. on the east side. I know it's happening. You know, probably down along some borders in of of of, uh, of the uh, uh, Texas. Um, uh, New New Mexico, Arizona border, things are happening. People are dying all over the place, yes. you know, but nobody is addressing this. And this thing with Chicago, you know, we often say that there's a spirit. And this thing that's happening in Chicago, this there's a spirit in the air. Chicago is, um, and I will, I will, I will say it and, and, and believe it until the day that I die, that there's a stronghold over that city. And the stronghold, that stronghold is being overlooked by the people that need to be paying attention to it. It's a real strong, it's a spiritual strong. And I know that there are past pastors and bishops in that city that they're doing all that they can to make sure that this thing is prayed over, that this stronghold is, is brought down. Yes. I, I know there is. I, don't get me wrong. I, I know that there's great men and women that are praying over that city. But that city's got a stronghold. And this is the thing. Tell me, if you can, and you might, you know, this, this, I guess this is a rhetorical um, um, statement or observation mm -hmm. that if this is this, is this the fault of white people? Is this the fault of, 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 of um, white supremacy mm -hmm. that's doing this? Is, is this, is this, is this, a, is this the fault of systematic racism that's causing this to take place? Does, is it causing it in, L.A., New York, Georgia, you know, is this is this systematic racism that's causing the death in Chicago? You know, and, and, and we have to look at it, you know, when, 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 when you when you already don't have something and somebody wants to come and take what you don't with that, that what you just you just barely have. Who's doing it? Who's doing it? And see, well, this is the thing that should be being looked at. This is the thing that that the that the uh, that the political processes, the you know the those the governments in high places. This is what they should be looking at. The prayers. How do we go in and how do we pray over these things? How do we let these people know that that God loves them, that God cares for them? You know what is it? What is it that that causes our own black men in these communities to go out and kill their own black men, and at the same time, then they want to probably go somewhere and march. With with uh, with protesters uh, um, uh, talking about uh, white supremacy, mm. you see, this is the thing. You, you we have to look at what's going on. That whole issue, the whole thing that happened up there in Seattle, Washington, in the chop zone, that was Black Lives Matter up there in that chop zone. You look at the way that they were conducting themselves. Look at the way that they were conducting themselves. 
that's not gonna get that's not gonna make anything happen. The only thing that's gonna do, y'all, is make people more and more embittered against their own neighbors. Yeah. Who can you trust anymore? Who can you trust anymore? You can't trust the whites. You can't trust the blacks. You can't trust the police. Nobody trusts anybody anymore, so they're constantly fighting against each other. Yes. And then this, I, I tell you something. That thing we we're uh, uh, Daisy and I, and um, as we as we do this um, this episodes, we are following Chicago. We're following Chicago because because it's necessary that it be followed. Because when you understand, when you realize the how dangerous a time it is um, in Chicago, well then you will realize what you really need to be dealing with. And, and, and on top of that, uh, Daisy, I want to bring up something else, too, because we talked about it. If you um, you could Google um, the abortion uh, clock, abortion abortion counters, mm -hmm. because this is another issue. You want me to? Um, uh, no, I, yeah, I, 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 actually, I, yeah, I actually have it right here. Yeah, I actually have it here. I was just saying, you know, for those for those of you listeners, listeners, excuse me, you can Google abortion counters. A counter C O U N T E R where it counts up the abortion, and it's it's a it's a U.S. abortion um, clock dot org. If you go to U.S. abortion clock dot org, what you're going to get there, you're going to see a, a a a continual running of the abortion clock, and what it does, it gives you, it gives you um, the amount of babies that are being aborted um, uh, on a on a running basis. Like for instance, uh, today in the United States, today there's been uh, uh, 1,506 uh, babies have been aborted uh, today. Um, since uh, since it's just since since I loaded this this page, uh, 90, 101 babies in the clock. It just ticks. It tells you how many abortions a year to date. Uh, almost a half uh, almost a half a million babies aborted uh, in in the United States a year to date. It just it, it goes on, and you when you look at those numbers, y'all, you look at these babies, uh, the number of babies being aborted by Planned Parenthood this year, almost almost two hundred thousand babies aborted by Planned Parenthood this year, mm -hmm. and then look, uh, black babies black babies aborted since nineteen seventy three in the United States of America, uh, eighteen million six hundred thirty two thousand five hundred sixty four point uh, eight babies. Have been aborted in the United States. Black babies aborted in the in the United States since 1973, and this counter goes on, y'all. It goes on. You know, we are we are we we are so quick to march. And once again, uh, usabortionclock.org. If you want to if you want to watch a countdown for yourself, we are in a country where we are destroying babies. We're in a world in, in where babies are. Being are being killed, murdered at an alarming rate, but we don't have anything to say about that because babies just aren't important. Because they're to some people they're just fetuses. You know, to some people they're just fetuses. Who to say that one of these fetuses that that we call fetus won't come to be a baby that will be born to grow up to be a a a, a, a man or a woman, a black or a white or Hispanic. Or an Asian person that can bring the gospel of the good news and 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 be a deliverer for their community. Who's to say that we're not that we're we're, we're not killing the very the very essence of our future? 
they're being destroyed. It's a terrible time, y'all, that we're in. It's a terrible time that we're in. But yet we will say black lives matter. Well, apparently they don't matter that much when black people continuously on a regular basis are aborting their children. You know, that the, you know there's a, there's a, we have to look at the numbers. The numbers speak for themselves. The whole thing that in Chicago that Daisy just got finished reading, the numbers speak for themselves. The attitudes, the mindset, the heart set of, uh, of a humanity that is so quick to uh, be hypocritical about their life. On one hand, they're saying that, you, they, that this needs to be preserved. On the other hand, they're saying this needs to be murdered. That's hypocrisy. And that's the type of situation, that's the type of life that we're living. And I'm telling you something, these cities that are, that, are, that are allowing this type of murder and stuff to take place in these cities, their leaders need to be subject to the people of the city. This is, um, you know, just to show you again some of the terrible stuff that's taking place, the article, Daisy, um, and um, the uh, article about what's happening in Oregon right now, um, we have that here. We're gonna, yeah, Daisy has this article about what's happening in Oregon right now. We're gonna and listen to this. This is now. This is this is after this is after Seattle and the Chop Zone, and then this was after they had tried to set up a, a similar situation in Portland, Oregon, and it was it was it was it was quieted for a while. But now that's right. But now we're we're, we're right back at it again. Uh, Daisy's going to read this article. For those of you that don't know what's taking place in Oregon, you, you're marching and you haven't taken the time to read. She's going to read an article here about what's taking place. And um, I want you to listen to this. Go ahead, Daisy. Portland Police Association building burned during another night of rioting. This is from July the 19th, 2020. The Portland Police Association's office building was set on fire over the weekend as rioting continued in Oregon's largest city with no signs of easing. Rioters broke into the association's office around 10.45 p.m. on July the 18th, according to the Portland Police Bureau, while others blocked nearby North Lombard Street with dumpsters, which were soon also lit on fire. Mm. Within a few moments of the break-in, the rioters, many of whom wore helmets and carried clubs and shields, ignited a fire inside. As the fire was set, some chanted Black Lives Matter. Video footage showed a desk in the building on fire, which police officers were able to put out later. As police officers arrived to respond to the break-in and arson, most of the rioters fled. Officers declared the situation a riot due to the violent conduct of the large group creating a grave risk of public harm, the Bureau said in a statement. Officers and rioters clashed. People in the crowd hurled projectiles, including rocks, smoke bombs, and paint-filled balloons, injuring some officers. Order was restored by 11.30 p.m., police officers, officials said. At the same time, a different crowd of hundreds of people were downtown, barricading doors around the Mark O. Hatfield U.S. Courthouse. They used fencing that had been erected around two city parks where people tried establishing a so-called autonomous zone. While most of the group's energy was focused on the federal courthouse, others blocked a gate to the Justice Center, which typically houses several hundred inmates and police officers. 
Federal officers deployed tear gas and other crowd control measures in response, according to video footage from the area. People remained downtown for several more hours, police said. The Portland Police Association didn't respond to a report by the Epic Times for comment. So here we go again. And this is, this is, this is, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, I'm have you read that. I'm have you read that there too. But this, once again, this is, this is, um, how bad that is getting. And it's not only now the rioters, but those that are in charge and have the ability to stop it. Listen to me, people. When you, when, when you no longer have the ability to, to make sound decisions, when you no longer have the ability to, to think with a mind, that's led by righteousness and you're just doing things you'll be led astray by people the one thing about satan he knows how to lead you astray and me he knows how to take us down these roads that we didn't think we would ever go down he knows how to take us down there and then leave us there so that we don't even know how to get back because if you don't get back through christ jesus you won't get back and so we're looking at our country looking at our nation it's it's, it's falling apart the seams because nobody wants to do right by God. And when I say nobody, that, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be, I don't want to be, be known to paint with a broad brush because I know myself and I know those people that I know that worship. You know, we want to be led by God, but I've even found it, and I, it's, it's, it's a shame to say that I've even found people that are in the church that use the, 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 the term as Christian as a branding and, but when it, their thought process is far from God when it comes down to praying for those that are in uh, lead, leadership like they're supposed to. You know, when it comes down to making sure that we raise our children to, to, to be respectful and mindful of the civil authorities the way we're supposed to. This whole thing with, um, with uh, 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 racism and, and being held uh, the knee on our neck for 400 years that Al Sharpton preached about at George Floyd's uh, funeral for him to say the things that he said those things incite anger they, as a Christian we are supposed to preach as Martin Luther King did the peace we can get it done and there's nothing wrong with protest, protesting but let us use the words that incite peace and unity and forgiveness and understanding look we're, we're a meek people we're not a weak people we know what, when, when things are being done wrong and how, the, how we as a people need to, how the nation needs to stand up, how blacks need to stand up. But, I don't, I, but you know, look, it's just not blacks. It's Hispanics. It's, it's Asians. It's, it's Caucasians. You know, there are people, you know, being all, all around this country that are being abused and mistreated and, and, and misused. And we act like uh, the black population is the worst. And we're so bad at it, y'all. That we have all these other races afraid, they're they're afraid to stand their ground to say no. I didn't do that. I'm not guilty of that. Okay. I'm not. I you know. I don't know. I'm not even. Gonna, I'm not even going to say that. I'm not even going to say that my forefather is guilty of it because I don't know who it was that did that to the black people 300, 200, 100 years ago. I didn't do that, so I'm not going to be held guilty. For doing something that I know that I didn't do. But instead, we have people so afraid. 
the black people have become so angry and so mean. Do you realize that I, as a black man, I could walk into a store if I didn't have my COVID-19 mask on. I could walk by black people and smile at them and speak to them, and they won't even speak to me. They act like I don't. They act like I don't even exist. The older black women are fearful, or just they're they're cynical now of the youth. Uh, uh, the the black men are always in a competition with each other. They are unfriendly. They don't know how to speak. They don't know how to have conversation. They, how can we expect to be able to prop each other up when we can't even talk to each other? We can't even talk to each other anymore. We can't, you know, the, the, I spend more time with my wife and, and, the, and the church family members and when I go home and have family music, that's, a, that's like, it's like the only time I really get to have an opportunity to really laugh and have a good time with black people that look like me. Because it seems like no matter where else I go, there's always some type of cynicism, some type of uh, um, anger underneath the, 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 the color of their skin that's just waiting to come out, y'all. And this, you know, to me, I know what I'm talking about. I'm not just popping my gums. I know what I'm talking about because I see this. I've been taught by Christ how to be kind and tender and, and, and affection towards people. So that's the way I treat, I try to treat everybody. But we're in a time with this whole thing that's going on where black people don't even trust black people anymore. That's why you see so much that's still going on in society. Go, go ahead and read the rest of that article, Daisy, please. Meeting. Portland officials are trying to get federal officers to stop making arrests and ultimately leave the city. Federal officials have pushed back. Acting Department of Homeland Security Secretary Chad Wolf, who traveled to the city on July the 16th, said he wouldn't order officers to withdraw. Quote, a federal courthouse is a symbol of justice. To attack it is to attack America. That's right. He said in a statement referring to the Hatfield Courthouse, which has become the epicenter for many of these protests. Quote, instead of addressing violent criminals in their communities, local and state leaders are instead focusing on placing blame on law enforcement and requesting fewer officers in their community. Look at that. Quote, this failed response has only emboldened the violent mob as it escalates violence day after day. Portland Mayor Ted Wheeler, a Democrat, told reporters in a virtual briefing July the 17th that he wasn't invited to meet with Wolf and wouldn't have met with him even if he was invited. And he goes on from there. Yeah, yeah, and, and see, and this is now see now even even the leaders, many of the many of the leaders, not all of the leaders, but even many of the leaders have lost their ability to make sound decisions. Now they would rather have law enforcement to leave out of the city and leave the city to mobs and thugs. They don't have nothing to do with this. Has nothing to do with George Floyd anymore, y'all. And if, you, and if you're wise, you'll listen to what I'm telling you. This has nothing to do with George Floyd anymore. There's a scripture in the Bible for those of you that have any belief in the Bible at all. And the word of God says in Ephesians, the sixth chapter, verse 12, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Ephesians, the sixth chapter, verse number 12. The very same people that you're looking at in their face 
that are snarling and growling and want police dead and want police um, defunded, those very same people could be have a different, totally different mindset. They could be making sound decisions. They could know to pray. They can know how to sit down at the table and cooperate with the very same people that they don't want around anymore. But because they're being moved along by a demonic spirit. Listen to me, y'all. This nation and all of the all of the continents on this earth are under an attack. And it's an attack that you don't see unless you know Christ Jesus. You can understand what's going on to you if you don't allow the Spirit of the living God to speak to you and then answer His speaking to you. This stuff is ridiculous. Nobody in their right mind would want to leave a whole city, a whole city, 300, 400,000 people, and to leave it over to gangs. And as this stuff sweeps the nation, now listen to me, if it continues on in Seattle, if it continues unabated and undealt with in Portland, Oregon, if Chicago keeps on going, getting worse and worse and worse, if all the cities of this nation could get to the point to where they no longer want to hear about God or from God, then what you're going to see is going to take place is it's like uh, the, the, the frog that's put in a pot of water. Turn the water up real slow. Turn the heat up. The water's getting hotter, but the frog doesn't feel anything. By the time the frog is ready to jump out, the water's so hot that he can no longer he can no longer jump out because he's already boiled, being boiled to death. That's what's happening in our nation. There used to be an old there used to be an old saying, y'all. There used to be an old saying, and it's still talked about now. Negroes, and they use the n i g g e r s word that people don't like to. That don't like to say, and I and I, I can say it because I'm black and I'm using it in the proper context. Niggers are like crabs in a barrel. They see one trying to get out, they pull them back down. That's our society today. We are in a society where we no longer want to do what's right. We don't want to help each other anymore. We don't want to take the proper help that we need to get our communities right, our society right. We are more bent on continual. Disruption, continual rioting, continual um, pl placing blame. No more forgiveness for each other. No more forgiveness of the things that happened in the past. I've heard people say, well, I can forgive them, but I can't forget. No, you cannot forget and you cannot even forgive. That's why the things are going on the way they're going on. Our children are not being taught anymore how to do right by God. And so they, we, we have a godless nation. Let me quote you another scripture. And for those of you who, once again, know the Word of God, you'll understand the heart of God in this particular scripture. Hosea 4 and 6. This is where it comes down to the church. The church has a responsibility. The Word of God says, For my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And because they rejected knowledge, they cannot be a priest to me. And because they turn their backs on my law, I will also turn my back on their children. That scripture was saying just this, because the leaders, the leaders, the leaders that were in the church, the priests and the pastors, the leaders of the church, because they didn't want to get godly knowledge, mm -hmm. because they didn't want to do what's right by God, and because they rejected that knowledge, that they could not be a priest for him. They could not be a priest for God. And because they turned their backs, and because they didn't teach, and because the parents 
didn't learn that very same knowledge. And because they rejected that knowledge and they turned their backs on that knowledge from God, then they couldn't teach their children. And because they, they couldn't teach their children how to do right, and their children, children didn't learn to do right, learn to respect authority, learn to respect their parents, learn to respect sisters and brothers, you know, because they couldn't do that. They didn't respect God. And because they turned their backs on God, God said he will also turn their backs on our children. Our children are subject to the lack of godliness of their parents and then the leaders in the community. These bishops and pastors, so-called leaders in the church, they're still preaching the same thing to a lot of these people. You're still shackled. You're still chained. They're not teaching how to forgive. They're not teaching. Look where you're at. I was telling my grandson just the other day. I was talking to my grandson. We were uh, about about these Navy vessels. I was watching this show on on the Smithsonian the Smithsonian Channel, and it was talking about uh, cruisers and destroyers. And it was talking about all these different type of ships that have come to be uh, cruisers and destroyers from the from from uh, um, the 17th, uh, 1700s all up until today. And one of the very last vessels that they showed on there was a vessel, one of the top of the line Navy vessels. Uh, I think it was the USS Harris. I think if I, I, I want to make sure I have the proper name, I, I'm pretty sure it was the USS Harris. And this was a this was a state of the art Navy vessel. And I had to tell my, my tell my grandson now. This navy vessel, state of the art, multi billion dollar vessel, was commanded by a black man. Now, if 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 we as a people today are being so downtrodden, if we're being so outcast, if the white man has got his hand, uh, got his neck, a knee on our neck all over the country, then how could this man, this commander, how could this black man become uh, the commander of this navy? Vessel. Mm-hmm. He did it by his merit. He paid his way in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he paid his way in. No, he didn't have that much money. Look, look, look. he did it by his merit. He did he worked hard. You know, uh, yes, we've told our, our 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 youth that you have to be that you have to be uh 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 you have to work harder. My my dad will tell you he'll he'll tell you in his testimony. Yeah, he knew he had to work harder. He had to be sharper. He had to care himself. Um, um, uh, uh, better than than those around him did, but did it hurt him? No, my dad's eighty eight years old. Uh, he's a decorated chief master sergeant in the Air Force. Great skills, great history, great 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 testimony of, of of what God has done. And he can't. And he did it up through the civil rights era, beyond and up through the civil rights era. He's done it. And this, and this is the same thing for everybody. See, this is one thing. You know, we're so quick. We're so emotional. And now we're not even thinking anymore. We're in a time where people aren't even thinking anymore. That whole thing that's happening up there in, in Oregon, it's a shame that we will allow so much to take place. Our poor children being killed. And that's it. Murdered. Go ahead. What does that say to the youth when they see this chaos in the streets? Yeah. Or you can't go out. And the innocent, the young, yeah. that are dying. That's right. I, that's a frightful thing. Come on now. The only people that are out are the protesters, mm-hmm. you know, and the police. And, and it's just, it's such a terrible time because where do you go and feel safe? Where do you go? Yeah. And you could be sitting in your car coming out. You don't even have to leave the house and die yeah. in the time in which we live. Exactly. You know, and, and you did it before, after your accident, terrible accident, but... You know, we had to deal with 
death in a very different way. Yeah. In April. Come on. Because it was so imminent for so many days. Mm -hmm. And so it was a very real part of our life. Yeah, come on. It wasn't something sitting in a corner. It was something in the face yeah. constantly Yeah. because of the accident you were in, uh, the devastating injuries that you had. Any one could have taken you out, but having multiple injuries to that degree, yeah. it's nothing short of a miracle that you're here with us today, cool. able to talk you and, you know, have your mind and everything. So, you know, death is a real thing. Mm -hmm. And death doesn't honor God in any way, shape, or form. It sure doesn't. And that's Come on. what people always forget. Death does not honor God. If I stand here with someone and I disagree with them, you know, we could just disagree all day long. But if I'm trying to get a point across to them, there has to be somewhere in there where we take a deep breath, time out, whatever, yeah. and recall from each other however we do it. But we have to be able to know that I can't force you to believe what I believe. That's right. That's cool enough. I can't force that on mm -hmm. you. And if re people really think that, think that this systemic, systematic, however you want to say, prejudice exists, yeah. then racism. how are you going to change it marching in the street? Mm -hmm. You've got to deal with the systems. You've got to deal with the mindset. You've got to deal once again, with the heart of people. That's right, with the heart. Mm -hmm. You know, so I, I can't go in and destroy everything that somebody has accomplished over the course of time because it is theirs. Yeah. Because if I destroy it and I don't really have a plan in place, what's going to fill that void? Come on now. That's right. Because for me to be wise in what I do, I'm not going to take dinner from a person and not feed them anymore after that. They're used to eating. Exactly. You're used to businesses being run, these banks, all these things. So, it, you know, it, there's a conversation that needs to be had. But we have, it's like the children when they're small. You tell the older toddler not to take the baby's lollipop mm -hmm. when you turn your back. Yeah. Because yeah. that's the baby's. Uh huh. That's so, right. But if the toddler takes the baby's lollipop, that baby's going to let you hear about it. Because uh -huh. that baby's going to cry out. Exactly Thank right. you. That's right. Gonna then cry injustice out. has been done to that baby. Mm -hmm. And the toddler may say, well, you know, I used to be the only one here. Mm -hmm. I always got the lollipop. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't make a difference to the baby. Exactly. Because you took that baby's lollipop. Mm -hmm. And I use that as an example only in the sense of this. You can't take stuff away from people and expect them not to say something not to fight back, not to let it be known that you've taken something from them. If even an infant who cannot talk knows to cry out or do something, I, the situation gets so bad with that lollipop mm -hmm. that that infant will learn how to roll and crawl to get to sure the toddler to get back what they want. They'll come after you. you. Know, so it's just, it's such a volatile time, Pastor. It really is. You know, and you said some... Um, when we look at this, let me see if I can find this article real quick because this is one. Of, this is another. This is another uh, um, sign of our inability to understand that no matter what you do, you're not going to take. You can take symbols down and stuff like that and think that that's going to fix things, Daisy, but it's not going to fix it. 
this uh, I was trying to uh, I, I thought I had it set up this um this um uh, article about the uh, Atlanta the uh, canyon that has the uh, let me see if I have it here there's a canyon that has a monument it's the monument of uh, three Confederate soldiers and the monument is is carved into the side of this canyon and um, it's like uh, I think 90 feet tall and 190 feet wide it's three it's three horseback um, and I want to find it because it, it, the name of the people that are on there on that canyon oh here it is right here here's right here okay so this is um this is a, a stone mountain park carving uh, faces increasing calls to be removed and this was dated July the 8th 2020 Stone Mountain the the, uh, the country's largest Confederate monument is in the spotlight as the as the fight for racial equality sweeps across the country. Stone Mountain Park in Georgia is home of the largest carving that depicts three Confederate leaders. The carving sites, uh, the, the, the carving sits 190 feet wide and 90 feet tall with Jefferson Davis, Robert E. Lee, and Stonewall Jackson at its forefront. With uh, Confederate monuments being removed worldwide, officials at Stone Mountain are answering uh, more calls than ever before to remove it. Atlanta chapter NAACP President Richard Rose uh, agrees with the hundreds of protesters that are calling to have the carving removed. It is past time for them to be removed. We're not ins we're not insulted by these monuments. We are terrorized. Listen to this now. We're not insulted by these. Um, we're not in we're not insulted by these monuments. We are terrorized by these monuments because they promote racism and racial practices rose said now this is my thing now all these years done gone by from the time that this this monument was up there mm -hmm. i don't know i can't say how many times this monument was brought up before the government of atlanta city council and all these things but it was not until george floyd's murder that the people have taken upon themselves and hijacked George Floyd's murder in order to uh, um, meet their nefarious purposes. This is ridiculous. This is a this is a this is a stone canyon. How many? I would like to see how many people and show me numbers. How many people have had to go to psychiatrists and sociologists because this canyon? has this carving on it. How many people have committed suicide because of this canyon? Mm -hmm. How many people, how many people uh, have, 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 have just, uh, just fallen out with the, with the shakes and the shivers because of this canyon? This canyon was never mentioned. I have never heard this canyon ever mentioned before in my life until this time. Didn't know about that. Didn't know about it. And see, this is, this is the thing. They're, they think that pulling down, pulling down statues, painting over, Property that does not belong to them. And I don't care what you say. You are a heathen. You are a thief. You are uh you are you are taking it upon yourself to destroy other people's property. When you pull down something, paint over it, throw it into the water, burn it, and you ain't bought it. And see, this is this this is this is a terrible thing. This is this is this is how this is how Satan dupes and bamboozles people. 
He makes you look like a total idiot because the people that will think these things out, if you will think this thing out properly and admit to yourself that what's taking place are not to be so, then you will allow him to make you feel as a, well, if I don't agree with everybody else, then I'm an Uncle Tom. If I don't agree with everybody else, I'm a step and fetch it. If I don't agree with what everybody else is doing, they might come after me. You know what? To live is, to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I were to die doing what's right, if I had died, Daisy, as you said, on my, on the, during that motorcycle accident, I would have gone straight to heaven because I'm doing right by God. But when you have this kind of foolishness taking place, what do these monuments do? They do nothing. That's like that. That's like that's like uh, like what do guns do? Guns do nothing. They they wear they don't themselves. They don't. There you go. You, you, you they're step, inanimate objects. They're inanimate objects, and they don't do anything. So how many? So how many of you have looked at a gun, and just at the sight of a gun? That just the sight of a gun laying somewhere has struck fear into your life to where you just don't want to live anymore. How many of you at the sight of a gun, just at the sight of a gun, it has struck a remembrance into your heart or to your mind what happened in slavery 400 years ago? Just at the sight of a gun. At the sight of a flag. How many of you at the sight of a flag? You know, one of the most... I have, I have on, on, on my... On my um, one of the images on my Instagram which is very few images. I have an image. My wife and I, we were at a hotel in Baton Rouge. We went out there to spend some time. And when I, looked, when I looked up last year, when I looked up out of the window, I saw an American flag and I saw a flag that was the, uh, uh, the, uh, uh, the Jewish flag or the Star of David were blowing in the wind together. And what a beautiful sight it was to see the American flag blowing in the wind. The stars and stripes. The country, you know, I was in the military for seven years and eight months, and I spent a year in Korea. I was a jet engine mechanic, and, you know, my dad, you know, 31-year chief master sergeant, my oldest brother, 22 years, I believe, in the Air Force. Both my other brothers, Air Force, Army, we all served in the military. You know, and, and, and up to this day, there's nothing that's stopping any, any one of us to, to go as far as we would desire to go. But yet, we, but yet, if you, if I were to pay attention to what people are saying about the American flag. If I were determined in my heart, you know, that's right. That flag, that flag needs to be changed. We, it, we need to change the color of it. We need to tear it down and put up a flag from another nation because this America that I fought for, it doesn't deserve to fly that flag. Statues, if I was, if I, if I were, look, I'm telling you something, y'all. There is a statue. And yeah, yeah, I'm going to tell you this, and you might get mad at me when I tell you, but if you have to come see it, I'll take a picture of it. There's a there, there's a there's a there's a statue, a monument, in downtown San Antonio, on the east side of San Antonio, on New Braunfels Street. It's supposed to be a statue of Martin Luther King, and I'm telling you something, you got to see that statue. If anything ought to come down, it'll be that statue. Not because not because not because of what it represents, who it represents, but how it looks. It, they did a terrible job. They, the, the city, the NWCP, whoever allowed them to put that statue up there in, in, in the middle of the street on New Braunfels Avenue, they ought to be ashamed of themselves. And that, if anything needs to be replaced, that statue needs to be replaced because he deserves a better image than what they put up there with him. It look, he looks, it looks dwarfed. It looks like a pygmy. I'm, and I'm not, I'm not trying to be ugly. I'm not trying to talk about it. I, I'm, if you see it, you'll go like, man, they should have done a better job than that. Martin Luther King deserved a better job than that. And listen to me. 
they're pulling down statues in San Antonio. They're pulling down statues in Houston, Atlanta. Everywhere you go, they're pulling down statues of what they call uh, federal uh, uh, um, of um, all these um, these uh, Confederate leaders and stuff like that. They want to change the colors of flags. You know, they the sports, even in the sports, this whole thing with the sports. I was listening to the uh, with the sports now in the sports. They want to, as I said, I think at the beginning of the program, they want to they want to um, put Black Lives Matter on the basketball court. The, jerseys. Um, they want to. They want to put it allowed to put it on the jersey, whatever slogan they want to say on the on the jersey. And then they want they want them to, they want the they want the uh, black national anthem to be sang before the national anthem at sports. And I'm telling you something. I, I, I'm you know, and 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 white people are so afraid now. They feel so guilty for stuff that they shouldn't feel guilty of. That the ones that have the, the money and the ability to make these crazy changes, they're doing it. The Washington Redskins will no longer be the Washington Redskins anymore. I, they, they, they haven't said what their what their new logo is going to be, but they're no longer going to be the Washington Redskins. They're, they're changing the name of food products. They've, we, as we mentioned on, on our last broadcast, they're they're changing the names of, of restaurants. Uh, they're change they they're changing the names of, of of buildings on school campuses. All of this has happened in, oh my goodness, the last two months. It's just, I mean, it's, 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 it's snowballing y'all to the point to where if, if it's not brought under some type of semblance of control, I can't imagine, Daisy, what it's going to be like a year from now. Because I, I really believe, y'all, that we are at a place, we, we're at a place, and as, as, you, as you follow um, these episodes, You'll find that as we as it, as time moves on, that we're we're getting to that point to we're at a uh, at a point of, of no return. Uh, Daisy, I think that I believe it seems like it almost seems like there's a spirit in the air that's that's saying that we're we're at that point to where how are we going to be able to return to get to back? Yeah, to order. You know, with the COVID nineteen thing on top of everything else, how are we going to be able to return to order? Um. And this is not just in the this is not just the United States, but even and then for Christians, you know, if, yeah, it's it's around the world because this this uh, the article here, um, I'll let they, I'll let, let, let Daisy read it because I know you're probably tired of hearing listening to my voice, but um, this is a this is a we have no mercy on you people. Radical Muslims attack, injure young Christian women in Kenya. Yes, and this is dated uh, July the 13th Mm -hmm. on CBN, but a 21-year-old Christian woman was beaten unconscious by radical Muslims in Isilo, Kenya, last month. Fazia was with her brother and sister when seven attackers approached them on June the 4th, Morningstar News reports. The siblings went out that evening to try and restore their water system when the assaults Assailants ambushed them. Quote, they began hitting me with sticks and a blunt object, which injured my back and my right hand, Fazia said. Her 19-year-old sister, Asha, sustained injuries after her head was hit against a wall. Quote, the attackers injured me by hitting my head against the wall. My two front teeth got broken and the attack caused the left side of my body to swell. Mm. Their 18-year-old brother, Aiden, suffered from injuries to his hand and ribs after being hit with an object. 
Aisha and Aiden left their unconscious sister for several hours while they searched for a taxi to take her to the hospital. Quote, I fainted for five hours and regained consciousness at the hospital. Fazia said she remembers the assailants yelling, quote, we know you do not belong to us. We have got hold of you today. We have no mercy on you people. You need to return to where you came from, end quote. Earlier this year, the family left Nairobi and came to Isiolo, about 170 miles north of the Kenyan capital. The Muslims started harassing them shortly after that and wanted to know why they went to church. Muslims started questioning us why we were not attending Friday worship at the mosque, Fazius added. This interrogation continued for several months. Two days after the siblings were brutally attacked, Fazio reported the incident to the police. They arrested two suspects who were doing court on July 27. Sadly, Fazio and her family have received threats since the arrest. Quote, we are receiving threats that my children should withdraw the case from police if we are to remain safe, their mother told Morningstar News. We need prayers that we shall receive justice. The family has endured several attacks since they became Christians. In 2014, the mother filed a report with police over an attack by Somali Muslims in Kenya. She was warned that her life was at risk as a result. Hmm. At, according to Open Door USA World Watch List, Kenya ranks number 44 in the top 50 countries where it's most dangerous to follow Jesus Christ. Look at that. And, and, and with that read, I talked to uh, a good friend of mine, uh, Pastor Ezekiel Mbasu, who is in Kisi, Kenya. And just talked to him on Sunday morning, and I was asking him at the time um, about how things were going for him there when his father passed away about six years ago, almost seven years ago. His father left him as the overseer or the uh, of the uh, of the caretaker of uh, orphanage. And at the time when he first started, it started with about twenty something kids. And he really didn't want to do it, but, you know, he, he in order to honor his dad, he took the orphanage. And I, when I, as of as of the um, uh, this past Sunday, they now have 54 kids there. He's also a pastor of a church there. He was delivered out of uh, the Mormon um, religion. He is now a uh, Christian. Uh, and he uh, was telling me that well, things there, they have been, uh, what's the word, um, threatened, or or was it, when they try to make you do something, what's it called, uh, intimidated. They, they, he said they have had Muslims who have, have come and intimidated them to try to get them to uh, um, turn from their Christianity. But what he said, he said, but Pastor David, he said, we're doing what God said. He said, we're going to be kind to them still, even though they intimidate us and they try to... Um, make us fearful of continuing what we're doing. He said, we're not going to stop. We're not going to change. He said, we're, we're going to love them and be kind to them in hopes that we would draw them to Christ uh, away from, away from um, Islam. He said, so we're doing fine. He said, but it's getting more and more dangerous as time goes on for them to continue, you know, um, um, practicing. And then, of course, raising the children, you know, their kids are coming in. You know, the kids are, uh, um, uh, parents are dying in political unrest and religious attacks and that and when that happens the, the orphanage grows and the only reason that they don't destroy it, the orphanage 
is because they I, I, they I believe that God is watching over them and taking care of those children that are in that orphanage. So this is happening all over the globe. You know, y'all, this is happening all over the globe, and and it's 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 a shame that we have to deal with um, things the way that we do in a time such as this. But but we do, and it's not it's it's not going to stop. You know, it's not going to stop. We are uh, the church is going to is under attack. Um, the the whole thing with uh, with uh, uh, um, with uh, uh, Black Lives Matter, uh, the murder of of, of of George Floyd. This excuse me, you'll be surprised how far reaching that this is. You know, and it's it's far reaching. It, it goes it goes beyond it goes beyond the uh, the uh, the United States borders. It goes north of here, south of here. East and West of here, yes. people are rioting because of this whole thing. They're taking advantage of the murder of George Floyd, and they are literally hijacking it and saying that this is the reason why they're conducting themselves the way that they do. Um, uh, did you did you have something you want to? Yes, you want to yeah, go ahead. And as we were talking about all the unrest and things, let's hear the rest of the article on um, CT. Okay, come on. As a young theology student at the American Baptist College in Nashville, Tennessee, Vivian helped organize that city's first sit-ins. Under King's leadership at SCLC, Vivian was national director of affiliates, traveling around the South to register voters. In 1965 in Selma, he was met on the Dallas County Courthouse by Sheriff Jim Clark, who listened as Vivian argued for voting rights and then punched him in the mouth. Vivian stood back up and kept talking as the cameras rolled before he was stitched up and jailed. His mistreatment, seen on national television, eventually drew thousands of protesters whose determination to march from Selma to Montgomery pressured Congress to pass the Voting Rights Act later that year. Vivian continued to serve in the SCLC after King's assassination in 1968 and became its interim president in 2012, mm. lending renewed credibility and a tangible link to the civil rights era after the SCLC stagnated for years oh, wow. due mm -hmm. to financial mismanagement and infighting. Mm. There must always be the understanding of what Martin had in mind for this organization. Vivian said in a 2012 interview, nonviolent direct action makes us successful. We learn how to solve social problems without violence. We cannot allow the nation or the world to ever forget them. Look at that. Vivian had a stroke about two months ago, but seemed to recover, River said. Then he just stopped eating. And I read that because he wanted people to know who this 95-year-old man was and what he had contributed. In 2012, eight years ago, how old would a 95-year-old man be? How old was Vivian? when they made him president over the SCLC to bring it back to life, to breathe life into it because of his experience. He's 87 years old. That's it. Mm -hmm. 87, 87 years, years old. old. Quote, Rivers, he's such a nice, gentle, courageous man, Rivers said, adding that the reverend wasn't in it for the money, but he was always giving, giving, giving. Look at that, man. You see? And, and the, this is, how come they haven't, said more about him on national TV. How come he hasn't been covered? Uh, because I know we got this article, but I don't remember see, seeing 
anything on any of the news. I, I have not seen anything on the news about him. About him. And he wasn't flashy enough. He wasn't loud enough. Mm -hmm. He wasn't tearing anything up. He was a man of integrity and strength. He stood behind the teachings of Martin Luther King. Yeah. And they had to bring him back in 2012. Yeah, really? All these bright minds, all these great people, and you bring back this man because he becomes a monument. Yeah. Because he never lost track of what order is. Golly, man. And he had the opportunity to change generations to come mm -hmm. and know that by any means necessary, you don't have to be that depraved, that hard up by any means necessary. Those are the words of someone who doesn't have any voice, yes. who can't get anything changed within their time frame by any means necessary. Any means necessary yeah. No, what he wanted people to remember is this, a nonviolent group, if they're mistreated, mm -hmm then they have the right to recoup whatever was done to them and be vindicated, not by themselves. We don't self-vindicate. That's right. But by the God of the Bible. Exactly. Who is real. And lots of people, you may find fault with what we're saying as we're talking about Christianity. We're talking about the Bible and God. But this is yet a nation where you can speak the truth. Yeah. And the truth is not going to change. So it doesn't matter how loud somebody can get, it doesn't matter how depraved somebody can get, who can cuss the most, all those things, who has the bigger knife, gun, whatever. Those things don't matter. That's right. When Come there's truth and integrity. Because truth and integrity are able to stand on their own. And this man, at the age of 95, the Lord has taken him home. But he withstood all the noises around him. And when they were desperate to bring something back to life that had done so much, they did what people should do. Go back to the source when there was real change, when there was a real movement, when there was a real thought process, when there was order yeah. and understanding. Man. And you could go from point A to point Z to see things happen. Yeah, yeah. You know, when President Obama gave him the medal he didn't get that medal just because he was the last one living. That wasn't it. Right. He got that medal because of the work, he had done, the work he had done. And he had remained faithful to that work. And, you know, while people are out here marching and things, here's someone that they should be marching for. Yeah. And remembering. That's right. As exactly. a man of honor and integrity mm -hmm. who never, ever stepped off of what he believed in. And because of his honor, his integrity, and his nonviolence movement, when that Sheriff Clark hit him in the mouth mm -hmm. and bust his mouth, and they had to take him to jail and thing, people saw that and said, you know what? What he did was wrong. That man was just saying what he wanted, what he desired to say. Yeah. He was making a point about segregation and thing. He's just standing there. Why would you attack him? Yeah, go ahead. Because to that sheriff, he was a monument that needed to be taken down. Mm. To that sheriff, his voice being heard, him standing on the steps of that courthouse was a dangerous thing. But here's what that sheriff learned and what America learned from that. You can try to break them. You can try to destroy them. You can try to jail them. But right's going to win out Absolutely. in the end. Absolutely. Come on now. But the right that's on the Lord's side is what wins. Exactly. Because that's an eternal victory yes and not just a short-term fix mm. 
You know, it's just, you've got to see long-term and you've got to realize that if we don't help to take away the frustration, the anger of things that, me as a black woman, uh -huh. I was never a slave. Go ahead. But I know I had relatives that were. Mm -hmm. But even in that, I can't tell you the depth of misery of being a slave, except for what I've read about, what I've heard about, because I did not experience that myself. And slavery is wrong. I don't care who it is That's right. or what's happening. With it. It's wrong. Come on. But I don't expect my Anglo neighbors on either side to pay the price for what someone else did, not to me. Come on. Thank but you. But to a relative many, many years back. Many, many, yeah, removed. That's right. Mm -hmm. So it's just a time where if we could stop long enough and think about where we're at. And what we're doing, because children are going to go back to school. If I'm out here tearing everything down, saying that this is wrong and that is wrong, are you going to send them back to the same schoolhouse with the same teachers mm -hmm. in the same system? Mm -hmm. oh, there's just so much more to it, Pastor. It sure which is, is why it, your your vision is to keep on talking about it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, y'all, it may seem as though, didn't we hear about this last time? It's just so many things are similar because you're doing the same thing. There you go. Just different people, different groups. Yeah. But you can't stop and act as though everything's all right. Hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil. No. Soundness. That's right. Right. Truth. Yeah. God's word is true. They have to be spoken. They have to be preached. They have to be taught. They have to be able to be shared so that people will know that there are different avenues. There are different ways. Exactly. We don't all have to jump on the same bandwagon. We don't all have to agree just to get along. Just to get along, yeah. You know, mm -hmm. We don't have to do those things. But what we must do as Christians is never neglect to know that our right is given us by God. And he says, if That's my right. people who are called by my name, yeah. If we would get right. Yeah, we would humble ourselves and pray. And he would heal. That's right. That's right. right. That's and, right. and the steps of getting right are just that, Pastor, mm -hmm. from Chronicles. We're supposed to humble ourselves, admit the wrongs we've done, pray, call out to God, and look at the order of God. When the church gets right and they've turned their attention back to Him, That's right. then our value increases. Go ahead. So that we can share Christ crucified with the world. And they'll know that our right, no, He's already risen. And in him we rose up. Yeah. And he bestowed gifts upon this earth. And the Christians have accepted those gifts, received those gifts. And now in Christ we live and move and have, have our, our being. being. That's right. That's right. And 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 it's a great being. It's a, it's it's a great life to have. Yes. I, I don't know why I don't know why anybody would want to stay frustrated all the time. I don't know why anybody would want to stay um hateful all the time. Always looking for something because to, you're conditioned to that. Yeah. It becomes a habit. It becomes a habit. That 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 makes you alive. That makes you well. Mm -hmm. It's like an abused child growing up, and then they become an abuser because that's all you know. Like, mm -hmm. Not all of them will, but more times, more often than not, because that child was abused, then they're going to be abused. Be abused. Uh -huh. Yeah. So it's just. People are familiar with things, so they don't seem abnormal to them. But well, see, that's why. But that's why we have to. We tell, we tell our children, and we tell our grandchildren. You know, and we tell as a pastor, I tell the members of the church that you are not defined by your past. If you give your, when you give your life to Christ, and Christ says 
that you're a new creature. Second Corinthians, the, you know, the fifth chapter, verse number 17 said, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, look and see. All things become new, and so the, the, and so that's why I said I, I said that question. Why would anybody want to stay in those old ways, hateful, unforgiving, uh, fearful? You know, ready to uh, ready to uh, to spark a riot, a fight at the drop of the first chance. Because when George Floyd was murdered, there were people already that had this in their belly. It was already in their belly to rise up and to find some way to vent. And this became the way because of what happened in Ferguson, yes. okay, a year or so back, when that happened in Ferguson, this was a this this and the other other black men who have died at the hands of whether the police were right or wrong. Yes. These black men that died, this be this be, this is always a catalyst for these things to take place. But Pastor, here's the thing, once again, that question you ask has to be asked daily. Mm -hmm. And it has to be asked multiple times in a day. But why would you? Yeah. If I'm not made to think about what I'm doing, mm -hmm. if I'm not made to see that I'm treading water, I'm not making an impact, I'm not making change, mm -hmm. then it's just like what happened in Washington. The Black Lives Matter was in opposition to the city council yeah. because they felt that the city council had hijacked their plans. Their plans, that's right. And so, but people have to stop long enough to be successful, yeah. to really make an impact, yeah. to cause any kind of change, you have to stop long enough and think about what it is you want to do. You want to do. Come on now. That's what you have yeah. to do. Yeah. And and not only do you have to think about what you want to do, but you have to have a plan yeah. for that to come to pass. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And in that plan, you have to set up things because a plan is made from people getting together a person or people mm -hmm. getting together mm -hmm. and saying this is what should take place because what what happens with that plan now you have benchmarks yeah so that you yourself so know good. that things are taking place there you go that's they're right. coming together yeah. and now i'm moving in the right direction which is why they could call on reverend vivian mm -hmm. because he knew what it looked like he knew what had taken place he had endured under that so in 2012 87-year-old man, we need you to be the leader again, to take us back to the days of glory. Yeah, yeah. So we don't lose this thing completely after all this time, all that stagnation mm -hmm. from the time. That's a long time. Reverend dude. King was alive. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But what that should show us, even today, when God told the prophet, Ezekiel, speak to those bones, yeah. those dry bones. Dry bones. That's right. God can bring life to anything. Yes, He can. If we allow Him yeah. to take the reins and be in control, yeah. and then follow behind Him in Christ Jesus, yeah. He can bring life back to anything. Yes, He can. Yes, and He can. There's no justice like God's justice. Vengeance is mine; I will repay, saith the Lord God Almighty. And as Christians, once again, y'all listen, Christians. Christians. That's right. Who believe the word of God, who live the word of God to the best of our ability, who trust in God, who placed our faith in God through his son, Christ Jesus, because he is the way, the truth, and the life. That's right. Come on now. And that mind, the word of God says, let that mind be you, which was in Christ Jesus. You won't know his mind if you don't study. That's right. You can't show his mind if you don't practice it. Mm -hmm. And you cannot be strengthened and determined not to turn around unless this becomes a part of you.
And in all of that, on today, Reverend Vivian, yeah, he let the people know, 87 or not, the years don't make the difference. That's right. Because what people have to remember, the longer I'm in something, the more experience I have. And the ability I have with that experience, I don't know, I no longer have to just do it. I could teach others. That's right. So he was in a position to teach. To teach. And, and let me say that he was consistent. Yes. And as you said, he's consistent in his belief. That's and that's it. one thing with Christians. We have to be consistent in our faith because it's that consistency, you know, um, that people are going to watch. I did a, a bonus track on on um, making sure that we didn't do things randomly. We don't want to do things randomly. We want to be we want to be consistent and meticulous, systematic mm -hmm. in the way that we do things. Mm -hmm. Because you said it. Go ahead. And that's the structure of the church. And that's why people have to understand, especially as Christians today, because it's so easy to say, well, the Lord told me this, the Lord told me. But this is beyond that. This church was built up under the structure where Christ is the head. Yeah. You had the under shepherds, the pastors and things. And you have to respect what God has made and developed. He didn't make us to go off and just shoot from the hip. All these things. That's he right. brought mm -hmm. us up so we would be structured and we would be educated and we would then go out and do. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. And he never sent them out in ones. It two. was always two or more. Two or more. That's and right. so we are a team and we go out and do the will of the Lord together. Yes. And we have to get back to that point because what the treasure they had in Reverend Vivian is this. Man, that's crazy. That's good. He not only could teach them, but he mm. could tell them right from wrong yeah. based upon his experience. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So if the young buck comes in and argues with him, he could tell them the day, the month, the year when this is what happened yeah. and this is why it happened and so on and so forth. Come on now. now that's not going to stop the person who wants to argue, as you said, yeah, absolutely, frustrated absolutely, person, yeah, yeah. angry person. But here's what it does. It shows proof mm -hmm. that it works. Yes. It shows proof that I have experience. And now the point of contention is at your feet. You want to say this doesn't work? Show me something you've done that's worked. That works. That's changed that's things. Right. Come on. That's still in law. Mm -hmm. That that has changed the face of America. Yeah. Show me something. Give me something to work with as a teacher. And if you're a good student, by the time we finish, you'll not only be a good student, but you'll have a part of a great teacher yeah. within you. Man, so crazy. you don't have to create the wheel all over again. Mm -hmm. Now, those people who studied under Reverend Vivian, mm -hmm. they have not only what they bring to the table in their youth and their desire, but they have wisdom. The wisdom, that's right. If they will apply it correctly. So they don't have to go all the way back mm -hmm. to the beginning. They can start right where they're at and implement the tools that gave such great success to the civil rights movement. Oh my goodness, great. And, and saints, remember this. There were two factions. Any means necessary. And the Christian that said nonviolence. Yeah. Who were the ones that sat with presidents? That's right. That presidents called on. That's right. Senators. Governors, mayors. So when you put them side by side, there's a great difference. Yes. But you won't know that unless you take the time to look at it and see 
and understand. And, and let me say, you know what? And the thing is, based on what you're saying, so based on uh, based on some of the people that we're seeing, like the the founders of Black Lives Matters, and when you look at the founders and why they were founded and how they're doing, do you do we really want our youth to follow in the footsteps? Of these type of uh, people who have who who have who who founded these particular groups, the ones the protesters, a lot of things that they're doing. You know, where is their wisdom? Because you know, the, our last five or six Bible study classes that we've been having on Wednesday nights have been on wisdom, and these are some of the best lessons I believe we've been in these in these these annual commentaries for. 15, 16 years, and and it, it goes, we've goes on, yes, it's a, it's a church, and this, but this lessons on wisdom have been so timely because just what you were saying, wisdom, you know, listen to wisdom, don't listen to emotion, don't listen to frustration, don't listen to anger, don't listen to things that are just being heaved out there just to say, you need to be able to sit down and listen to wisdom, wisdom cries out, wisdom cries out, folly cries out too. Mm -hmm. You know, folly cries out for you just to do anything, just do it. But 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 wisdom cries out to 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 listen and to maintain. That's what wisdom does. And so you know, we we are at a time where we where we have to have wisdom. You, we just can't afford because I feel it. I, I feel it in in the air. I feel this this down sliding of society to the point to where it's going to get so bad, and it's going to get so bad not just for society but for the church. If the church doesn't maintain its stability in Christ, it's going to be easily led astray. Yes. You know, and, and it's the thing is, you know, when you look at the scripture from the beginning to the end, especially after the fall, you see where, how the church, how God's people, that he chose to be specific to himself and to shine the glory of his light on society, you can see how they got caught up in the things of this world and how they went into captivity because of that. They had they went 400 years without hearing from him because of that between Malachi and Matthew. And then after how Christ was crucified because of that, you know. And now here we are in a time to where we have the spirit of the living God with us, the Holy Ghost, to, to give us direction and wisdom. But listen to me, I'm going to read this. This is, um, this is a scripture out of um, uh, um, Psalms, and this is for unbelievers. Because it's one thing to be a believer and maybe you're backslidden or maybe you haven't taken the time to, to um, study, to show yourself approved unto God that ye may be a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And that's uh, 2 Timothy 2 and 15. But this particular scripture in, in the book of Psalms speaks of unbelievers and how dangerous it is. It says that the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none that doeth good. The Lord looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand and see God. They are all gone aside. They are all together uh, become filthy. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. Have all the workers of iniquity no knowledge, who eat up my people as they eat up bread and call not upon the Lord. There were they in great fear, for God is in the generation of the righteous. Ye have shamed the counsel of the poor, because the Lord is his refuge. Try to make us feel ashamed of who we are. Mm -hmm. Oh, that the salvation of Israel were come out of Zion, 
when the Lord bringeth back the captivity of his people, Jacob shall rejoice and Israel shall be glad. In this um, psalm, the whole uh, chapter of Psalm, verses 1 through 7, it speaks of the general corruption of mankind. It speaks of the unbeliever. Not just in the Old Testament period when this was when this was written, but the heart of God stays the same. And so when you have unbelievers, yes, they do. But, but God, knowing Jesus Christ, can change the heart. You know, he can change the heart. And we don't have to be we don't people don't have to be so so deficient in their understanding if they would just listen to God. But what's gonna happen? And for those of you that don't believe in God, you need to understand that you need to have the saints of God, the children of God praying for you because when God leaves, when he takes the spirit off the land, there's going to be no more help for you. And I, I, can, say, I can say that because the scripture says that if, if, if it gets to the point to where people will not receive Christ as their Lord and Savior and you want to do things by yourself, the, the word of God says and that the fool has said in his heart there is no God. The word of God says that the way that there's a way that seemeth right to a man, but the ends there are the ways of death and destruction. Mm -hmm. Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. All of these scriptures are coming to pass. Yes. They're coming to, they're, they're coming to pass today as we speak, they're coming to pass. Mm -hmm. All the death and carnage taking place in these cities. The sickness, you know, the hatred for Christians taking place in the cities. You know, this everything that this the word of God is constantly proven itself one hundred percent correct every single day. And so when we see the see we see our our nation the way it is, and we see the, the church and the church itself is beginning to pick up some of the really bad um, habits that are in society, yes. you know, it's 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 in, it's incumbent upon the true believers, the, the remnant Christians. Not to be fearful to tell, first off, God's people to make sure that you're right, but then to but then to uh, uh, encourage the unbelieving world to understand that God is real and that's not going to ever change. I'm telling you something, Sister Daisy. I have not seen in my 60 years, and we say this a lot. You're going to be hearing it said a lot. I have not seen so much turmoil, hatred, unbelieving, destruction take place. There's unrest everywhere. Unrest everywhere. All over the place there's unrest. People in and 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 in El Salvador, Honduras and Guatemala came out of their own countries through Mexico to come to the United States because of unrest. Yes. And then, you know, Mexico has unrest. Africa has unrest. Asia has unrest. Europe has unrest. It doesn't matter where you go. Everywhere you go, there's unrest. You know, and 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 when people begin to look and they see that and they understand that this is just not something that's specific to the United States of America, but they realize that this is a global spirit. This spirit that's all over the globe, and the only and the only one that can fix it. Is Christ, and so the saints. We have to continue to pray. We have to continue to live our lives that God gets the glory. And as this, you know, seeking, seeking um, order out of chaos, you know, uh, part three, 
I can guarantee you by the time the next two weeks goes by, you know, we have we, we, we have information to, uh, that we still that we didn't even cover today. There's so much of it. The, the whole COVID-19. We didn't cover anything COVID-19 today, you know, but but these things are taking place. It is to watch it happen. If you don't have Christ, you, 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 you're going to become a very miserable, unpeaceful person. It'll yeah. take your peace. It'll take, it'll take your peace. It'll take your hope. Yeah. But yeah. that's why we have so many mental issues that are rising. Suicide is rising. And people are feeling forsaken and forlorn. Yeah. Because that's because of the things that are in the air. So with that said, y'all, we are going to bring this um, episode to a close. I'm going to make sure there's nothing else that I want to uh, bring forward before we close. Uh, once again, we do want to... Um, once again, uh, reiterate the the celebration or the passing of two uh, great men who have gone uh, perfectly home to be with the Lord. And I say perfectly because nobody knows the heart except for God. Uh, he knows the heart, but I believe that these men, John Lewis and and and, and Vivian um, um, CT CT Vivian, I believe that these men were men that desired that relationship with the Lord, and they got their wisdom from him. Um, I pray that for those of you that are out there, as these days go by um, and we come back uh, on our part number four, yes, uh, C.T. Vivian, mm -hmm. uh, Reverend, Reverend C.T. Vivian, I want to give honor where honor is due. Uh, as a reverend, as a man of God, you know, I pray that his family is going to be strong. And we just uh, continue to go on. Y'all, whatever happens in your life, don't be quick to be emotional. You know, God has given us our emotions for a purpose, uh, but especially for the body of Christ, he does not want us to be an emotional people. Uh, we need to have a, a mind to uh, think and settle down and pray and ask the Lord, show me what's right. And don't make, don't listen to me, before. don't try to make your right God's right. Or you're wrong, God's wrong. God's right and wrong are his own. We have to line up with his right. We have to do what he says to do. You might be if you're if you're a, a black minister, you know, or you're, you're a minister of the gospel, and you're black and 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 you're afraid to uh, of losing your congregational numbers because you preach what's right by Jesus the Christ, forgiveness and salvation and hope for the future. If you are afraid to do that, and you would rather preach uh, that you are your members are still bound by the color of their skin, when you know that's not so, then you are making a year wrong to be God's right, and and you can't do that. Uh, I would rather be without members and live my life for Christ than to be have a church full of members just because I'm willing to do what they say. And I hope you understand what I'm saying. When you have um, uh, you have spiritual leaders that become a part of the problem and not a part of the of the solution the way they're supposed to be then those leaders are going to get, get are going to give an account to God and I don't care you can you can you can you can blacklist me all you want that's all right as long as I'm right in God's sight that's all that matters and I would hope that all of us that preach and teach the gospel of Jesus Christ and him crucified, and who the son says free is free indeed. Nobody's nobody's knees on our neck anymore. 
Um, I would hope that those of you that would preach that would know that and believe that with your heart. Because if not, then we're going to lead a whole bunch of people to a place where we ourselves are going to get are going to get an account for why that we did it. So, uh, Daisy, it was good. It was great one more time to to uh, have had you here with me and for us to do this together. You have any last words for for our for uh, the listeners? No, as a man thinketh, so is he. Any man, woman, and child, as we think, that's who we are. And as Christians, we need to think on those things that are good and right for God through Christ Jesus. Amen. With that said, uh, we pray that y'all enjoy the podcast. And until part four, seeking order out of chaos, part four, we'll see you again. Bye-bye now.